We believe that you are here because your word says where two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be in their midst. We are privileged to have the great King of Kings and Lord of Lords in our midst, the mighty healer, the mighty deliverer, our Savior and our Redeemer to be with us this morning and fellowship with us, King of Glory. How we love you, Lord, this morning. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will forgive us of all our shortcomings, wash us with your dear precious blood, and accept us, Father, in your presence. Lord, we are here to hear from you. We are here, Lord, to be delivered of you. We are here to be filled of you, King of Glory. May you take over this part of the service, dear Jesus. We have already had you deliver and heal. In the first service, Lord, we heard of those testimonies, how you delivered our sister from that terrible sickness, the cyst in her body. There is nothing too hard for you. You said, I'm the Lord God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Father, there is nothing too hard for you. Even this morning, Father, we bring this request of our precious brother, Pastor G uh, Diop, uh, Odipio, who has that complication, Lord, of kidney failure. To man, this one is a complex. But to you, Heavenly Father, you created Brother Charles whole. You gave him both kidneys that have been functioning well. But Lord, look at the enemy, the devil, how he has tampered with his system. I pray, dear Jesus, that you reverse this. And Lord, give our brother his whole system. I know, Father, that by your stripes, he was already healed. Father, you are that precious high priest who is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. You know exactly how he feels. You feel as he feels. And you have all the power and ability to heal him. Therefore, Father, I pray, dear Jesus, that you touch him and completely deliver him and set him free. Even, Lord, I bring this other prayer request before you of Sister Ayebare Bridget Abaho and Agnes who will be sitting for their senior six exams. I pray, Lord, that you give them wisdom, give them understanding, Lord. Help them to remember whatever they have been taught. And even, Father, help our sister uh, Agnes who gets headache when she's revising biology. Father, we come against that demon in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Satan, you don't have power over our sister. I command you to leave her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, grant the desires of their hearts that, Lord, when the results will come, they will excel 
and your name will be magnified. Father, even as we come to this part of the word, we are desiring for more of you. We are hungry and thirsting for more of you, King of Glory. I pray, dear Jesus, that you speak to us this morning. For we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I greet you in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ <coughs> and welcome you to this service. Uh, as you are already aware, our pastor is in Western Uganda. He's ministering in Imbarara this morning. Remember him in your prayers that the Lord will even grant him journey mercies when he's coming back. Uh, let's turn in our Bibles and read from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 12. I think we can start from verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I will note that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day 320,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither mamai as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for our examples and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that he may be able to bear it. Mwakori nso, ekisoka, sula ya kumi, ekuwa kumi soka, 
Vanga sagara mwe obuta tegeira aboluganda Bajaja febo na webali wansue chile Elabo na webali tamonyanja Elabo na webaba tizweli musa Mochile ne monyanja Elabo na nebali yanga emere mu eyomoyo Elabo na banyuanga Echoku nyua echimu Echomoyo Kuvanga banyuanga muruazi Oromoyo Olaba kubediranga Noruazuru wali kristu Na ibanji kubo katonate ya basima Kuvanga bazi kilizi wa mudungu Na yewe vya alivi akula bilako jetuli Tulemengo kwe gombe bibi Ilanga bo webe gomba So temuvanga basinza wabifana nyi Ngaba muku bo Ngaba chawa ndiki wanti Abantu nebatu uloku liyana ukunyua Nebatu uloku kaka Tetuendanga ngaba muku bo webayenda Nebakuwa kulunaku olumu obukumi uviri mwenkumi satu Era tetukemanga mukama wafe ngaba mukubowe bakema emisota emisota ejo nejibata erate mwe mulugunyanga ngaba mukubowe be mulugunya nebazikirizibwa nebazikirizibwa omuzikiriza na yebyo byabawo byababako okubeyiranga ejo kulabirako era byawandikibwa oloku tulabulanga fe Abatu kidwa ko enkumiro zemirembe kala roza nga imiride yekumenga alemo kugwa siwali kukema okuba okuba kwata okutali kwabantu naye katonda mwesigwa atabaganyenga kukemebwa okusinga bwe muyinza naye wamu nokukemebwa era nasangawo nobuddukiro uyoke muyinzenga okugumikiriza may the lord add a blessing to the reading of his word <coughs> You may be seated. I want us to share this morning on this subject of making a way. Amen? Making a way. God will always make a way. Amen? Verse 12 says, it says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you but such as, as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that he may be able to bear it. Uwe kumine biruga mba kala aroo zanga imiride ye kumenga alemo kugwa. Siwari kukema okuba kwata okutali kwa bantu. Na ye katonda mwesigwa ataba ganyenga kukemewa okusinga we muyinza. Na ye wamuno kukemewa elana sanga o nobudukiro. Muyoke muyinzenga okugumikiriza. Amen. God cannot try us and tempt us. In fact, God does not tempt. He tries. Amen? He tried the children of Israel on their journey from Egypt. But it is very, very unfortunate that they failed in those tests. Many murmured 
And yet they had seen the mighty hand of the Lord. And although they left Egypt when there were about 2 million people, only two managed to make it. That was Joshua and Caleb. The rest perished in the wilderness because of unbelief. And the Bible is telling us God cannot try us beyond what we can bear. He allows trials. He allows temptations. But the Bible is telling us with all those trials and temptations he will make a way for you to escape. Now, does God try us? Oh, yes. God tries us. God tests us. The Bible says, every child that comes to God is tried and tested. Why does he try us and test us? To form a godly character in us. In Peter chapter 5 verse 8. The Bible says that. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil walketh about. Like a roaring lion. Looking for someone whom to devour. Whom resist steadfast in faith. Knowing that the same afflictions. That are happening to you. Are also happening to every believer in the whole world. But it says that after we have been tried for a while. God will establish you. God will settle you. So he tries us and he tests us for a purpose. The Bible says, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Though Jesus Christ was the son of God, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Jesus was not born with a silver platter. He was born in a manger. Can you imagine the whole creator of the heavens and the earth coming in a body of flesh? The Bible says that the whole world and its fullness belongs to God. Silver and gold are his. But he's born in a manger. And his foster father, his parents are poor. Joseph is a carpenter. He came through that kind of life. His father trying him and testing him. He had nowhere to lay his head. 
He said, birds have nests. And foxes have holes. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Can you imagine? A whole son of God. God in flesh. But not having where to lay his head. God who owns the whole world. He did that to put the character of godliness in his son. So if he did that to his son, how much more will he do it to us? But he's encouraging us and telling us he will never try you and test you beyond what you can bear. But will with the temptation he will make a way. Do you know that our trials and temptations are different? Your trial may be different from mine. Your test may be different from mine. I believe Job's trials were quite different from the trials of the three Hebrew boys. But God knew that each and every one of them would be able to bear them. So trials will come. Tests will come. Our prophet told us he said that character is not a gift. But it is victory. God does not give you godliness just as a gift. He does not give you patience as a gift. But he brings a trial. He brings a test. The Bible says in James 1, I think verse 2, it says that count it all joy when you are faced with diverse temptations. Because the trying of your faith worketh patience. And let patience have her perfect work. That you may be found perfect and entire lacking in nothing. When Job was tried severely as you know the trials of Job. Finally he said God put strength in me. In other words those trials came to Job. Job realized that those trials put strength in him. They lift him up from one glory to another. It is just like you are being Tested in class. We don't study throughout without being tested. After some time you are given examinations. You are tested and tried. And when you overcome. You are victorious. So character, the character of God. God does not just give it to us. It is not a gift. It is victory. Count it all joy when you are faced with diverse temptations. Because the trying of your faith works patience. Maybe you are so impatient. A small thing you don't want to wait upon God. 
Look at a man like Abraham. He waited upon the promise for 25 years. But God gives us promises. The promise of the Holy Ghost. And someone seeks for just a month. And he's weary and he's faint. How can you compare with a man like Abraham? Who waited patiently for 25 years? So God will try you. He will test you. But the good thing is that he promised us that he will not try us beyond what we can bear. But with the temptation, he will make a way of escape. God will always make a way of escape. Now, he will make that way of escape because God initially made a way. He made a way for you to be saved. He initially made a way and he will continue making a way. Do you know that he's the one who called us? The Bible says we did not choose him but he chose us. We didn't seek him but he sought us. He made a way for you to come to him. He said no one can come to me without my father drawing him. So that one who made that initial way to save your life when you are a sinner running away from God but he paved a way for you to come he will keep on making a way in every situation however difficult it is God will keep on making a way that's what the children of Israel failed to see can you imagine they were Bond slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. For hundred years, they were in bondage. That was their lifestyle. Suffering all the time under their taskmasters. But here God sends a deliverer. Moses. Musa. And he plagues Egypt. And they see the mighty hand of God. And God delivers them with a mighty hand. But then they reach somewhere in the wilderness. After he has delivered them from death at the Red Sea, he gives them a small test. Just lack of water. And the mama and the child Moses, 
until God, the Bible says that he got so annoyed and he saw and he said they will never inherit the They failed to see that God who had the first plan of delivering them. That God who initially delivered them. Do you know that many, many times we forget what God does for us. We come here and testify. God did this to me. He did this to me. But then shortly a trial comes and you have already forgotten. The prophet preached a sermon. Let your feet turn to the testimonies of the Lord. Whenever you are caught up in a fix, in a situation which is too hard, when you are at the junction, and you don't know whether to turn left or right. You don't know what to do next. You should remember that God who delivered you the other time, who gave you a testimony. Let your feet turn to the testimonies of the Lord. David wrote that in Psalms, I think Psalms 119. Verse 59. And it says, as I walked on my way. My feet turned to the testimonies of the Lord. In other words, when he was confused, troubled, on his way, heavy laden with thoughts and trials, not knowing what to do next, as he walked on his way, his feet turned to the testimonies of the Lord. He started imagining, where did I come from? He remembered how God delivered him from the bear, from the lion. His feet started to turn to the testimony. And then he said, now what about this one? God who delivered me then, he'll keep on leading me. Even with this trial, he'll see me through. God wants us to turn our feet to remember the testimonies of the Lord. That's what he wanted the children of Israel to see. The mighty hand of God. You didn't save yourself. You are not here by chance. There is a power. There is a force that brought you. The power of God. The force of God. And that God wants to keep on leading all the way through. Let us read Psalms 100 and 
From verse 12. Let's read from verse 9. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He'll help us. He'll bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. He'll bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Mukama, Abato era nabakuru. Mukama ayongiranga bulijjo okubaza mwe nabana bamwe. Amen. Israel believe God. Israeli mukirize katonda because he is your help. Kubanga yemubezi wa mwe. He is your shield. Yengabo ya mwe. He is everything to you. Yeburichimu jemuli. Do you know that we are the spiritual Israel? We should believe the Lord in every situation. He's our shield. He's our buckler. He's everything. But verse 12 is what I love most. The this one says, the Lord hath been mindful of us. He'll bless us. He'll bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. He'll bless them that fear the Lord. That is you and me. Both small and great. To be mindful, the Lord has been mindful. The Lord. And the His thought is filled with you and me. To be mindful is to be filled. Your mind to be filled about somebody. And the He's always thinking about you. The mind of God is filled of you. In other words, to be mindful 
is to give thought and attention to somebody. All the time, the mind of God was full of you. He was thinking about you all the time. God was mindful about Abraham before he even created him. God was mindful of you. All his mind was before he brought you here on earth. The thinking of God, the attention of God was on you and me before the foundation of the world. He was thinking about you. He was thinking about Abraham. Oh, one day. He said, one day, a man called Abraham will be born here on earth. And I know how he will look like. I know his character. He will love me. I will use him. He may have some shortcomings here and there. Some weaknesses. But yet I love him. He knew Abraham's journey. All the way through. And one day he called him. Do you know that he knew your journey? Here on earth. All of us. As long as you are a child of God. God knew his people. Would love him. Would accept him. In all generations. Let us read Psalms 90. Psalms 90 from verse 1. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Mukama Gwewari H. Fochaf, the Chokutula Mumu Mirebe Juna, and Sosing at Zinazariwa, Iranga, Tonabumban, Sinebi, into Okuba Mirebe Juna, Okutusa Mirebe Juna, Wekatunda. Amen? Lord! You have been our dwelling place in all generations. We dwelt in Christ in this generation that we are in. God knew that when he sends his prophet in this generation with a message, that message will catch you. God knew you will be, be seated here this morning listening to his message. Even before he formed the mountains, even before he made the earth, you were God was your dwelling place. You are dwelling in Christ. 
By one Holy Ghost baptism, we are baptized to enter into the body of Christ. It is the Holy Ghost that puts us in Christ and makes Christ our dwelling place. But before God formed the mountains, and before he formed the earth, we were dwelling in Christ. In other words, he knew one day he will call you. He will justify you. He will sanctify you. And he will give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you will be in Christ. In every generation, the generation of Noah, he knew there will be eight souls that will dwell in him. In the generation of Moses, he knew two will dwell in him. In the generation of the three Hebrew boys, every generation, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before you formed the mountain, before you made the earth, you are God. So the Lord has been mindful of you. He will save you. He will make a way of escape. God will always make a way because he made that initial way. That one who started, that's what Paul said, he who started the good work in me, he will accomplish it. And our prophet told us, God is not an Indian giver. He does not give you something today, and tomorrow he snatches it from you. Just like the Indians do. When God gives you salvation, when he starts a work in you, he will do it up to the last. God does not do an incomplete work. He completes his work. One preacher was preaching and he said that he noticed he saw a mad person carrying a bag and he would reach somewhere and pick an empty an empty bottle put it in the bag put cavera in the bag get an empty can and put it in the bag until he had a huge bag and he was laboring with it from morning he's just picking but then in the evening, he just put it on the roadside. And then he walked his way. He said, God is never like that. When he picks you, and he puts you in, your bag, in his bag, he will keep on following you. He will keep on making a way. Wherever you go, he's following you. Even when you reach the time of death, when you reach that moment of crossing Jordan, 
He's there following you. We were in him. He brought us here to be tried and to be tested. That's what the prophet says. God brought us here to be tried, to be tested. But then after those trials, he will take us back home where we came from. The Bible says, Psalms, I don't, I don't remember the exact thing. It says, blessed in the sight of God is the death of his saints. Amen. It is a blessing when his saints die. Blessed in the sight of God is the death of his saints. When I was reading that verse, I was imagining it's just like having maybe your child studying from far away. Maybe out of the country. He's there laboring. You are missing him. But you are the one who sent him there. And then after his studies, before he comes, you are always longing for him. When will he finish his studies and come back home? I believe that's how God feels. He sent us here to be tried and tested. But he's giving us a promise. With every trial, with every temptation, to begin with, he cannot try you and test you beyond what you can bear. But with every trial, every temptation, he will make a way of escaping. And as that parent keeps on waiting, when will my son finish and come home? I believe that's what God thinks about us. He's mindful of us. When will he finish those trials and tests? And then he comes back home. In other words, when we die, blessed in the sight of God is the death of his saints. When we die, we go back home. He's always longing for us to go back home. Elijah was tried and tested. One time Jezebel made him to run away. Just like a crazy person. He ran away for many days. Until he fell on a juniper tree. Almost fainting. And God comes and meets him. He puts away for him. He says... Elijah, you have been tried for quite long. But I can't allow you to be tried and tested beyond what you can bear. Let me go and meet him. What are you doing here, Elijah? I've been so faithful. I'm not better than my father's. 
I have stood with your word, Lord. I'm the only one who has stood. And God tells him, but I have even 7,000 who have not bowed their knees. In every generation, he has a people that will love him and trust him. So he tells Elijah, it's not only you, even I have 7,000. But now what you should do, go and anoint Elisha to take over from you. Go and anoint Jehu to be the king of Israel. And then after that, God is preparing for his son to go back home. He has been tried and tested for him. And when Elijah is walking, God sends chariots and horses for his son to go home. So God will always make a way because he's mindful of you. His mind is filled of you and me. He cannot try us and test us beyond what we can bear. He says in this very message of making a way. Now making a way. I don't believe that God ever ran his office just a haphazard way. I wouldn't run mine. You wouldn't run yours. Jesus didn't die at Calvary just to say, well, now maybe people will feel sorry for me being, being that I come or go to earth and take on the form of flesh and they will really get saved. Maybe if they see how pitiful I die, God didn't do that. Jesus died for one purpose. And that was to save those whom God for new would be saved. That's right. God knew there was going to be somebody saved. And there had to be a preparation or a way made for them to be saved. If there wasn't, then salvation wasn't possible. Yes. So God for knowing that that people would be saved. Knowing who they were, he had to lay a plan down. Now you'd say to me, Brother Branham, then God knows exactly who will be saved. He says correctly. Well, why does it say He's not willing that any should perish. He isn't. He isn't willing that any should perish, but that all might come to repentance. But in order to be God, he has to know who will do that. Or he wasn't. 
Because he is omnipotent. He's omnipresent and omniscient. He knows everything. He's at every place and all powerful. So for knowledge looks back and says that he foresaw this. That's the reason he could tell what the end was from the beginning. Jesus was not just crucified. The prophet is telling us so that maybe people will see the death that he's dying and maybe sympathize. No. He came purposely for those ones whom he foreknew before the foundation of the world. Predestination looks for knowledge. In every generation, he knew the people that would be in him. For the Bible says in Romans 8, 29, those ones whom he foreknew, he predestinated. And those ones whom he predestinated, he called. Those ones whom he called, he justified. And those ones whom he justified, he glorified. And then he goes on to say, if now God be for us, who will be against us? If he called us and justified us and sanctified us, won't he feel us? If he made that initial way of calling you out and then he justified you, will he fail to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Brethren, it is our little faith. That God who made that initial work, he'll keep on making that way. We just have to rest and believe God. Brother Branham said, Brother Branham, he Branham. said, a Christian does not worry about things. A Christian does not run from pillar to post. A Christian does not have an answered question. But a Christian rests. Because it is already done for him on the cross at Calvary. Yes, trials will come. Temptations will come. Very challenging issues. But the Lord is leading. That one who started the good work is leading. He'll keep on making a way. That one who made that initial way will keep on making a way. And he said, Christians are like sheep. Sheep is led. 
Sheep is not supposed to fend for itself. But it's supposed to entirely depend on the shepherd. Do you know that we are entirely supposed to rest on the Lord Jesus Christ? Depend on, the, on him to lead us along this journey. In this wilderness of a world that we are in, he knows the way. He was supposed to lead Israel. Though he made them to pass through the wilderness, that was the leadership. So a true believer should focus his attention on the Lord. That's what we are sharing last Friday. Looking unto Jesus. So we are like sheep. And the prophet says when sheep is lost, it is lost completely. It will need a shepherd to save it. We were lost completely. We needed the Lord Jesus Christ to save us. And here we are. We should surrender to him. To his leadership. Because he's the one who knows the way. When Brother Branham was a game ranger, he says he came across a lost lamb. It was bleeding somewhere. And when he came following that voice, he realized it was a lamb caught somewhere in the thickets. And then he disentangled it and put it on his shoulders. And he started now looking for the fault where it has come from. And he was, you know, carrying it. And he says it was so peaceful. It could not, it, it couldn't kick around. Just like a goat would do. It was calm and resting. And he carried it all the way. Until he got the fold where it came from. And then he restored it. But when he was carrying it, he said, Lord, let me be like this lamb. O rock of ages. Let me be like this lamb. Let me not kick around. Let me be calm. Let me be rested. As you lead me along. So that even when I reach Jordan, you'll help me to lead me When I reach death, you'll help me cross over. We are supposed to rest on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's carrying us on his shoulders. Isaiah 96 says, A child is born. A son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. 
And his name shall be called Counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting Father. And the prophet says. Governance. He says. It says the government shall be upon his shoulders. And when the prophet is explaining it, he says the shoulder is the strongest part of the body. Whoever seen these loaders, he puts here a bag of sugar and then he puts it at the shoulders. Not at the head, but on the shoulders. So the prophet says, the shoulder is the strongest part of the body. And when Isaiah says, a child is born, a son is given, and the, govern, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. And when he was born, he was called the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, the Lord Jesus Christ puts his church on his shoulders. He carries you as a lamb on his shoulders because it is his strongest part of the body. He's always watching after you. Nothing can harm you. He's carrying you on his strongest part of the body. The government shall be upon his shoulder. He's the one who started the good work. He's the one who allows the trials. He's the one who makes a way for you to overcome those trials. When he sees you getting so tried and tempted and almost breaking, he paves the way. He will always make a way. The prophet talks about a certain shepherd who had a lamb on his shoulders and he was grazing other sheep. And then he came and asked, why are you carrying that one? And yet the rest are eating. And the shepherd said, you see, this one broke its, uh, its, uh, its limb. He said, what happened? Did it fall in a cliff? He said, no. I'm the one who broke it. And he said, I didn't know that you are such a cruel Person. You mean you broke it? He said, yes, I broke it. He said, why did you do that? And he told him, you see, this lamb did not have love and attention for me. 
It was always running away from It was not just like other sheep. It had kind of a, way, a wayward kind of life. It keeps away from me. So what I did, I got it slim and I broke it. But now, I'm trying to nurse it. I'm treating it. And as I'm treating it, now all its attention is on me. And I know after this, its attention will be on me. And the prophet said, that's what God does sometimes. When you are always keeping away from him, he can use a trial, a temptation, which may look so cruel, but when he is healing you, he is getting your attention. And you are seeing his love. The sister was giving a testimony here. Saying, I don't know how the sister started. I never used to use this. this other. God can use any method. Cruel as it is. But then after that, when you get a testimony, and you see his love, you will never deviate from him. So he cannot try us and test us beyond what we can bear. But with the temptation, he will make a way of escape. He's our shepherd. David realized that <coughs> in Psalms 23. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me besides still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in his ways of righteousness. For his name's sake. Even if I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear anything. For thou art with me. And he said, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, I will never lack. Brethren, God is our shepherd. He takes care. And if you believe him and trust him, you will never lack. Those words that David spoke were quite inspirational words. I believe it was not just David speaking. God spoke through David. God is our shepherd. 
God will give you whatever you need every day later. In this daily life. In this daily life. You will never lack. If you are a true child of God. Why does he do that? Because he's our shepherd. He's our heavenly father. A father Tata. fends for his family, for his children. Tata ya sakira abanabe. A true father Tata takes care of his children. He feeds them. He dresses them. He pays school fees for them. For them. He does everything for them. Do you know that that God whom you accepted and believed He's supposed to do that for you. He's your heavenly father. He knows you need a job. He knows you need school fees for your children. He knows you need to eat. He knows you need to drink. When he was here in flesh, he said, don't take thought about what to eat or what to drink. Or what to wear. Because your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He does not want us to worry about what we are going to eat. School fees for my children. Instead of worrying Cast your burdens unto him because he cares. Will I also marry? Will I get married? Will I? He knows. He's your heavenly father. You are not supposed to fend for yourself. He's supposed to fend for you. So we should not worry. We should not take thought. He knows. He's our shepherd. And we shall not want. He leads me. He makes me to lie in green pastures. Green pastures. A shepherd knows where the good pastures are for his sheep. He saw you feeding badly. You eat but you don't get satisfied. And he said no. You come this side there is this green pasture. And he brought you out. And he brought you in the message. And he brought you in the right church. He's growing. Fivefold ministry. And he brings from Kenya. He's a teacher and he teaches you. Green, green pastures. He leads me where there are still waters. Shepherds are not competitive, rather. Uh, 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 the shepherds know where the still water is. Amatefu. 
Because they know that you know, sheep is not competitive. No. Like goats. Dog, uh, dogs can even go where there is rushing water. They can swim. But a sheep, if it goes where the, the water is, where there are waterfalls, it will, it will drown. It is a gentle gentle animal. So the shepherd looks for where they are still water. God gives us things whereby there is not too much competition. And if there is competition, he will pave way. I was remembering the testimony of the brother over the, I think, the weekend challenge. Brother Amos, where there was a lot of competition. He tries this, yeah, they chase him from the work of, workplace. And, but the shepherd, God was looking for still waters. Where there is no competition. That's what God does. And even if we pass through the valley of the shadow of death, David was so inspired. He said, even if I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Do you know that sometimes God allows us to reach that point? You almost reach the point of death. But that God who is always so mindful of you is always following. David reached that point. Almost the point of death. A lion attacks his father's lamb. And he confronts it. Can you imagine confronting a lion? But God sends the anointing. And he wrestles with it. That animal would have consumed him. But then God gives him, gives him strength and ability and anointing and he kills it. So he was right to give that kind of testimony. Even if I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Israel reaches the Red Sea. The Red Sea was like the valley of the shadow of death. But you know God made them to pass there for a reason. God will make you pass there. That good shepherd will make you pass there. But he's always watching with a keen eye and he will make a way. 
The three Hebrew boys were at that valley of the shadow of death. Because they were facing death. They had believed Jehovah. They had served him. They had seen his goodness. And they could not die. But here the devil brings them up to this valley of the shadow of death. But still they believe on Jehovah. And when they are being swung, the prophet says, that God, Jehovah could not allow them to be tried beyond what they could bear. And as they were swinging them, he rode on a cherub and before they fell in the fire he was already there so even if you pass through the valley of the shadow of death he's always with you he's the shepherd leading sometimes he passes us through very dangerous paths can you imagine God leading Joseph? There is hatred among their brethren. And they see him coming, bring them food. And they start planning. Here comes the dreamer. Now we are going to kill him. So that he dreams no more. And when he comes, the shepherd is watching. When he comes, they plan, let's kill him. Then their eldest brother Reuben says, no, let's throw him in a pit. He was trying to save him. The shepherd is watching. The Lord is watching. And he's the one leading him that way. And the Bible says, they see Ishmaelites coming. And they used to buy slaves. And they say, now, instead of killing him, he's our brother. Let us send him off. And they send him off to the Ishmaelites. The shepherd is watching. And he sold to the house of Potiphar. And I believe there he relaxes a bit. He's an overseer of the house. And things are good. But the shepherd is watching. Shortly another trial. He's in prison. And all that was the leadership of the shepherd. God was doing that. He was allowing that. And he doesn't take long in prison. Now God elevates him. To the highest position. Second highest in the whole of Egypt. He's a prime minister of Egypt. And the Bible says wherever Joseph would pass, they would bow any. Bow any to Joseph. 
God, the shepherd leading him. Do you know that God was painting a picture of himself in Joseph? That was his leadership. The prophet says Joseph was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was hated of his brethren. The, Lord, uh, the Jews. They hated Jesus Christ. They sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Just like Joseph. They threw him in a pit. He was put in prison on the cross. And as Joseph had two thieves whom he interpreted dreams for, even Jesus had two thieves on one on each side. And then God elevated the Lord Jesus Christ. He got him from the grave and elevated him to a very high position. He gave him all power to an extent that at the name of the Lord Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God painting a picture of himself in Joseph. But he had to lead him that way. We sing in that song in shady green pastures. So rich and so sweet. God leads his children along in shady green pastures so rich and so sweet. God leads his dear children along some through the waters. Some through the flood. Some through the fire. But all through the blood. Some through great sorrow. But God gives us song. In the night season. And all the day long. God leads his children along. The shepherd leads his children along. Some through the fires. Some through the floods. Some through great sorrow. But he makes a way. And he gives a song. And he makes them glad. He's the same Lord. He's leading. He will not allow you to be tried beyond what you can bear. But will with the temptation make a way of escape. God will always make a way. God God will always make a way. He made a way for Job. Job is a man who suffered. And yet God knew why he was suffering. 
Job did not know. But because he was an elect of God, he clung on him. Trial after trial, test after test, until he reached the moment, the point of death. And he said, he was kind of despairing. He said, I can see trees that when they are cut down, when their stumps smell water and they get moisture, they blossom again. But the son of we human beings. And he asked himself several questions. But the prophet says, after all those trials, the shepherd was leading him But after several, several trials, trial after trials, the prophet says, God himself gave Job a revelation. He gave him a vision of himself. When he said, trees, they blossom after being cut. But poor me. Maybe hide me in the grave until your wrath is and that moment, God gave him a vision. And the prophet says, he saw the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He saw Easter morning. He saw the grave open. And he saw his Lord Jesus Christ. And God, Jesus was showing him. Job, you have a chance. Because I have overcome death. You'll also overcome death. Those are just trials and temptations. But when you die, one day I will raise you up. And Job came with a testimony. I know my redeemer. Redeemer. Even if skin worms destroy this flesh of mine, yet I will see him. He will make a way for me. I will also rise from the dead. I know my Redeemer. My eyes will see him. And the prophet says, Job saw him. On the resurrection morning, when the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead, you know that the jobs also rose. Because the Bible says, when Jesus died on the cross and he gave up the ghost, his soul went to prison. And he went and preached to souls in prison. He got the keys from the devil. And he went to paradise. Where all these Old Testament saints were staying. The Abrahams, the Nohas, the Moseses, the Jobs, 
And the prophet dramatizes it. He says a man like Ezekiel. He came and scrutinized and said, Who could that one be? He said, he looks like him. The one I saw before I came here. He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. And a man like Job, he came and saw him. Oh, that is the vision which I got. That is my redeemer. He has come to set me free. And the Bible says, when Jesus Christ rose, they all rose with him. And they were seen in Jerusalem, on the streets of Jerusalem. So after many, many trials of Job, God makes a way for him. He gives him a vision of himself. Job, you are, you are not going to stay in the grave. One day I will raise you. He will always make a way where there is no way. He will always make a way. He made a way for Peter in prison. He came as a pillar of fire. As an angel of the covenant. And opened the prisons. And told Peter, Rise. Put on your shoes. Come out. And he led them to the streets. And he told him, now you can continue and go. He made a way in the prison. When Paul and Silas were serving him, and then the devil gets raged, and they get them and they flog them, and then they imprison them, and now they are in custody. The shepherd was still watching. He was the one leading them that way. But in prison, he comes and shakes the prison until all the doors were opened and all their chains fall, fall off. And then they are set free. He will always make a way. David said, even if I pass through that valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because Lord, you are always with me. He's such a wonderful God. Hear what the prophet says. God will allow those trials. He will allow those temptations. But in every trial, in every temptation, he will make a way. He says here in this Seven church ages. In this Simeon church age. Where he said, I 
He was telling that church age of Smaina that church age that went through a lot of persecution. He said, I know. I know what you're going through. I know how you're persecuted. Even this morning, he knows what you're going through. He knows, but he allows them to come. He allows them to come to you. Now the Lord God Almighty says, I know. There he's walking in the midst of his people. There he's the chief shepherd of the flock. But does he hold back the persecution? Does he stem the tribulation? No. He does not. He simply says, I know your tribulation. I'm not at all unmindful of your suffering. What a stumbling block this is to so many people. Amen. It's a stumbling block. And someone asks, but Lord, don't you hear? Don't you see? Don't you mind that we are suffering? But the Lord says, I know. I know. You see? I'm not at all unmindful of your suffering. Like Israel, they wonder if God really loves them. How can God be just and loving if he stands by and watches his people suffer? That is what they asked in Malachi 1. One to three. The burden of the, of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. The burden of the word, of, okay. I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet we say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? Says the Lord. Yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau and led his mountains and his heritage west for the dragons of the wilderness. You see? They could not figure out God's love. Israel was complaining. They thought God had abandoned them. God does not love them. But God tells them, Look, I loved you. I chose you. I forsook your brother Esau. Amen. They thought 
That love meant no suffering. They thought that love meant a baby with parental care. But God said that his love was elective love. Amen. The proof of his love is election. That no matter what happened, his love has proven truly by the fact that they were chosen unto salvation. Because God has chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and the belief of the truth. He may commit you to death as he did Paul. He he may commit you to suffering as he did Job. That is his prerogative. His sovereign. But it is all with a purpose. If he did not have a purpose, then he would be the author of frustration. And not the author of peace. His purpose is that after we have suffered a while we would be made perfect be established be strengthened and then settled just as Job said he puts strength in us amen the prophet is telling us what shows that God loves you is because he elected you. God's love is elective love. But he can commit you to suffering. Just like he did Paul. Just like he did Job. Do you know that Paul suffered a lot. After that vision, after Paul was struck on his way to Damascus by the pillar of fire, and that pillar of fire was Jesus Christ himself, he sends Ananias Go to my servant Paul. He's on a certain street. He cannot see. Go and pray for him that he may receive his sight. Ananias says, No, Lord, that man has been persecuting the church. He says, No, he's my chosen vessel. Go and tell him I've chosen him for a purpose. As my servant. And he's going to suffer a lot. For my sake. Paul suffered a lot. Trial after trial. Shipwrecks. What? But the shepherd was leading him that way. Job suffered a lot. But the prophet is telling us it is for a purpose. And that purpose of God is sovereign. 
To some, he can allow very hard prayers. Like Job, like Paul. To some, they are mild. But they are all for a purpose. And the prophet says, if they are not for that purpose of God to be fulfilled, then God would be the author of frustration. God does not want to frustrate us. He does not allow this Trials and tests just to frustrate you. No. He wants you to be established on him. He wants you to be settled. By believing him. And he does that by allowing trials and temptations. His love is elective love. What shows that God loves you is because he elected you among very, very many. The Bible says, look at your calling brethren. That was Paul. Not many of you are wise. Not many of you are noble. Not many of you are outstanding. But God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. They are nobles outside there. They are wealthy people. Men of renown. But how come that they don't know this truth? And you know it. It is election. That is God's love. That's what proves that God loves you. He can subject you to suffering, different sorts of trials. But all in all, the shepherd is leading. But the good thing is that he is always mindful of you. He has been mindful of us. He will save us. He will save those ones who fear him. Because his mind, his focus, his attention, his thoughts are always on you. As you walk on this life's journey, as we sojourn, the mind of the Lord is always on you. David said, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my down sitting. You know my uprising. You know my thoughts are far off. Where can I hide from you? Let us read that scripture. As we are soon closing. 
Psalms 139. The Lord has always been mindful of us. He will save us, he will deliver us. And here David says, Lord, Psalms 139 from verse 1. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yeah. The darkness hideth not. Okay. Zaburi chukumia satu muenda. Ayimu kama wanu nyanze wamanya. Umanyi wentula era wengulukuka. Otegeda okuloza kwangenga kuchari wala. Unonyeza dela ekuburi yange no kwebaka kwange. Nero manyama genda gangego na. Wanga simulichi gambo mulimi wange. Daba ayimu kama wechota manjira dela. Unzingiza mumaso nenyuma. Nero ntadeko omukono guo. Okumanyo kuringo kukwa chitalo nyo kunema. Kwa waguru sinza kutukako. Nagenda wa okuverio moyo guo. Owana dukida wa amaso go. Wenari nyamuguru nga jori. Wenari alovulidi wange magombe dabanga jori. Wenari toriwa watide vienja. Nentula mifebye nyanja evili ewale nyo. Amen. Amina. Lord. Mukama. You have searched me. Wanu nya. And known me. Ida wamanya. You know my down city. Omanyi, you know my uprising. You know my thoughts are far off. You have compassed about me. And your hand is upon me. Where can I run from you? Do you know that that one was love? The love of God. The mind of God. Always on David. God was mindful about David. He was following him wherever he would go. Even when he would sin. 
when he would sin and commit adultery, still he would send Nathaniel. Go to him and remind him of the state. This man has completely fallen. He has backslidden to an extent that he has even forgotten. <laughs> Go and wake him up. The love of God pursuing. The shepherd always following him. He said, Lord, you have searched me and known me. Do you know that God does a lot of research? He researched so much on you. And you. Just because of love. The prophet says, Love is mysterious. Love is something that you cannot understand. In that message of uh, Christ is the mystery of God revealed, the prophet says, if you are a believer and you love a sister and that sister loves you and you have good thoughts even of getting married and so forth, you all love one another. And it is not infatuation, it is love. True, genuine love. You seek her, and you, know she, you propose, and she accepts. He said, then that one is your eternal mate. God foreknew it that should be your mate. And the prophet says, love is mysterious. And it is amazing. And he said, you can ask me, Brother Branham, why did you marry Meda? And he will say, I may not have an answer. Because I found myself loving her. There was a pool that drew me to her. And when I proposed to her, she was accepted. The deep was calling to the deep. So love is something mysterious. Why did you choose to marry so and so? They say love is in the, in the eyes of the beholder, something like that. So, it is mysterious. And when you ask yourself, why did God love me? Why? Do you know that God is your husband? Why did he search me? Why did he propose to me? Among all these other people. Why did he elect me?
You see, when you love somebody, some people have ever, you know, with the married people and you know, when you love somebody, you'd want to search about her. Whose daughter is that? Who, who is his What does she do? You make a search. David said, Lord, you have searched me. You, my husband, you have searched me. You have known me. You know all about me. Jesus knows all about you. Even before he brought you here, you as his bride, he carried out a search. When I proposed to him or her, rather to, to, to her, because we have missed Jesus. Will she accept me? Will she love my ways? Will she adjust to what I love? Will he love the word? And when he saw that after cutting out that side, then he made his choice. That is the right person. That is my bride. He knew our hearts. With all our weaknesses and our failures. He just loved us anyhow. He knew he would work on us. And you know that he's working on us. He's the potter. We are just lamps of clay. We are just in his hands. But he knew if I start working on this fellow, I will get exactly what I want. This is the bride that I want. He searched us and he knew us. And he knows everything about us. When you are lacking, he knows. When you are troubled, he knows. When you are at the junction of time and you don't know where to turn, he knows exactly. His love has compassed us. David said, You have compassed me. Where can I run from you? Just like a boy proposing and a girl cannot run away from that love. The love is irresistible. That's what David meant. You have compassed me. Even when I sin, still you follow me up and you raise me. And he said, such knowledge is too much. 
That's what our Lord does. He's always following us. Because of that great love. And the prophet says, when love projects, then grace takes over. When love is too much, then grace and grace is undeserved favor. I love him so much. Even if he does mistakes, I'm ready to follow him and to bring her back in line. That is too much love. When love projects, grace will take over. I know his failures. I know Abraham. Abraham He's my servant. I knew him for the foundation of the world. My mind has been filled with Abraham. And now there is famine in Palestine. And he has fallen. And he has gone together. And he has even lied. But still, he's my prophet. And then he plagues all the kings of and he tells the king restore the wife of my servant and he shows the king a dream you have made a mistake that is my prophet's wife don't do anything if you want healing Restore her and tell him to pray for you. That one is just grace. Abraham is fallen. He has told lies. But the grace of God still is following him. When love projects, the grace takes over. The Lord is leading. He knows our failures. He knows our mistakes. He knows our shortcomings. But he's working on us because of that grace and that love. Because his mind is filled of us. He's the shepherd leading. Sometimes we wonder. But indeed it is amazing grace. So that Lord will lead us all the way. Through. In spite of the trials, the persecutions, the Lord knows and his love is upon you. And what proves his love is because he elected you.
and he will not try you beyond what you can. But will with the trials and temptations make a way of escape. Because initially he is the one who made the way. You did not choose him. You didn't seek him. You didn't find him. He found you. He started the work. He will accomplish it. May the Lord help us to follow this shepherd. To believe this shepherd. To trust him. Despite the destinations he makes us pass through. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All we have to do is just to follow him. Where he leads me, I will follow. Even through hard trials, still I will follow. Because he will make a way of God bless you so much. Yeah.